as always. It's so good to be with you this morning. Now we enter through the gate of Ash Wednesday into a 40-day period of Lent, leading up to the most, undoubtedly the most, the greatest course of events that will ever take place in the life of humanity. Did you know this? That I've uh, just a couple of interesting facts about Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday is one of the most popular days to come to church. Just look at you. We have three masses today, and it's not a holy day of obligation. Now, that's interesting. There's a reason for that. Maybe we'll look at that in a second. Another thing is that Ash Wednesday started in the 10th century, and it became official liturgy in the 13th century. So we've, we've been practicing it for quite a while. And, of course, everybody, the buzz, you know, Valentine's Day and Lent are on the same day today. You know, that's, that's pretty interesting, isn't it? Did you know that uh, the word Lent is in Valentine? It is. Look it up when you leave. It is. It's in Valentine. Uh, there's no correlation, but it sounds good. Uh, I think the other thing is that uh, Ash Wednesday and Valentine's Day, it doesn't happen a lot. Now, it has happened in our generation, which is interesting. It actually happened in 2018. It's happening today. Then it'll happen in 2029. But you know what? It won't happen for another 100 years. So you better get it in while you can. So I doubt we'll be here in 100 years. Well, just a few interesting facts about, uh, about Ash Wednesday. A couple of things as I reflected upon the readings today that I'd like to share with you, things that come to my mind. First one is that Lent is a time of retreat. It's a time of retreat. Oh, we're so busy today. Hustle, bustle. This, do this, do that. Our to-do lists are massively long, aren't they? Yet, when I look at the life of Jesus, there's a, there's a clear pattern to Jesus' life. One is retreat. One is in the world. Retreat. And he does it over and over again. And he, and he, does, he takes his disciples with him. He says, let's go to a, a, pli- a quiet place. Even it says a, a secret place to get away. You know what? If you think about that, but you're too busy to do that, right? Do you know of anybody that's more busy than Jesus? I can't think of anybody. I mean, he was the busiest person in the world. He never, ever, he could have gone every day, every night, you know, everything. 24-7, it wouldn't matter. It still wouldn't have been enough. Yet, he found the time to withdraw, to retreat. Why did he do that? Well, scriptures teach you to reflect. When we reflect, we refocus. We get our focus back. You ever said that? I need to get my focus back. I've lost my focus. You know, I'm so inundated in the world, caught up in every, all the hustle and bustle. It's to refocus us. And yes, to recharge us. You always hear in the readings when Jesus would leave, he was recharged. You know, that's why we need to do, we need to follow that. And Lent, uh, even some, a lot of the materials today in the Catholic Church, it's, they call it the 40-day retreat because that's what it is. It is a retreat 
to reflect upon the greatest series of events to occur in history. So do you have any time planned to retreat during Lent? The second thing that I reflect upon is this. You know what these are, don't you? They're ashes. Yeah, they're ashes, aren't they? I never thought about it a lot until this time. What's the meaning of ashes? What's the meaning of, what's so significant about taking palm branches from the prior year, palm branches that have been consumed, every bit of, every ounce of life is out of them. There's no life in these. You can't burn them in again, they won't burn. There's nothing in them. All, that le all that's left is their ashes, what you might call the residue, or you might call it the remains of something that once had life. Why is that so significant on Ash Wednesday? Well, that's been studied a lot. You know what they say? And it has to do with why so many people come to Ash Wednesday when it's not a holy day of obligation or they're not Catholic. Or they're not Christian. Why do they do it? It reminds us of our humanity. That's why. That's what they say. I thought about that. It reminds us of our humanity. And you got to remember something, church. And this is real important. Remember, as John said, God is pure love. Didn't he? Anybody deny that? I hope not. God is pure love. I also remind myself that God made us in his image. You know what that means? He created us to be love. I like how St. Francis de Sales put it. We are made by love for love. That's what we are, aren't we? But yet, we blew it. We chose to do things that are unloving towards God, towards others, towards creation, the environment, and towards ourselves. You might call it Fallen. That's what the scriptures say. It gets in touch with that. Ash Wednesday does. Uh, some of you will hear this in just a few moments. Remember that you're dust, and to dust you will return. That's sort of a stark statement, isn't it? <laughs> you're dust, and to dust you will return. These ashes, they also, as I think about my humanity, they, they remind me of the stingfulness of my humanity. You know what? I'd be willing to bet this morning that everyone out here doesn't want to be an evil person. Anybody out here want to be an evil person? I bet you want to be a good person, don't you? You want to be a better person? Of course you do. But yet there's this stingfulness 
of our humanity. What did Paul say? Because of our fallenness, I do the things that I don't want to do. You ever done that? I've done it every day. And it hurts. It's a little painful. Uh, it reminded me of a story when I was a little boy. Dad had a few houses that he rented, and I, got, I had the privilege of painting them. <laughs> and I got more paint on me than I did on, on the houses. I was just a little kid. But one day I was painting, and there was a little hole in the wood. As I slapped that paint on there, guess what happened? Swarm of yellow jackets came out. They stung me. Oh, ow, ow, ow. <laughs> I mean, I could, they just couldn't get enough of me. But you know what? It hurt. Isn't that what Paul in, 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 in the scriptures teaches? The sting of death. That's what he's talking about. Our humanity hurts when we think that we're not who we would like to be because God made us to be another way. So I guess you could say in a sense, we are nothing more than the remains of who God truly intended us to be. Isn't that true? Yeah, it's true. So what do we do? Well, if we stay right there, there's only one thing we can do. Woe is me. You ever said that? Woe is me. Now, in a minute, we're going to put a few of these ashes on our head. But I thought about it. My first reaction was, that's not enough. God, cover my forehead with these ashes. Oh, woe is me. Come to think of it, cover my face with these ashes. Woe is me. No, come to think of it, cover all of me. I remember when King Hezekiah. When he sinned greatly against God, what did he do? He covered himself in ashes. <laughs> A sign of repentance for what he had done. Woe is me, but maybe we need to go farther. Maybe we need to go like Job. You know what Job did? He went to the ash pit. Now, if you really, if you really wanted to be repentant, what you do... You'd put on sackcloth, which is like a burlap. You ever, anybody want to wear a burlap? Do you know how that would feel? You go in this pit of ashes, you sit in it, and you just throw ashes upon you. That's what you do. Woe is me. And when we get to that point of recognizing our sinfulness, of our fallenness, we're truly in touch with it, God says, wait a minute. Stop it. Repent and 
Believe in the gospel. Repent and believe in the gospel. The sign of the cross. What does God say? God says, I will nail all, every bit, Paul writes this in the scripture, I will nail all of your fallenness to the cross, which my son willingly, they didn't force him to get on that cross, folks. He willingly got on it for you, who laid down on that cross, was nailed to it for you, because it was the will of the Father. God says, I'll do that. That's why we wear this. That's why we're not covered in ashes. We won't cover ourselves in ashes today. I will nail all your fallenness to the cross. And when it is, when it is there, it is nailed with my son. Your sins will be forgiven you. Your relationship with me will be restored. I will put my spirit in you to strengthen you as you go through this life. I will give you this church to strengthen you as you go through this life. I will raise you up from the dead on the last day and I will take you to be with my Father in the Father's house forever. What do you think of that? That's pretty good, isn't it? So think about it as you go around today. The cross that you wear on your forehead will be a sign to you and to all the people that you come in contact with this day that Jesus is our hope, that Jesus is the light of the world, the spring of living water where you never, ever thirst again. So now I invite you, as Jesus did so many times, he says to us this morning, come with me, let us withdraw to a private, to a quiet place and learn more about me and my father's ways.